Hey everyone, welcome to Victory Watchers Friday Night Prophecy. I'm excited as usual to go over the current events uh, with you guys tonight, as well as why these current events line up with what Bible prophecy is saying that we should be expecting in the last days. So I'm going to be the one to start us off tonight. Uh, hopefully Brother Stefan can join us later. Uh, he's uh, encountering some connection issues where he's currently at, so we'll see if he can join us later. But if not, that's okay. I still have a lot of articles to go through. We still have a lot to touch on on Bible prophecy, so I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you guys are as well. Uh, just by way of announcements, as usual, as we always do at the beginning of these programs, we just want to remind you that you can go to FigTreeWatchers.com. Uh, we have an IG. Actually, we have an a Instagram a field there on our website that shows the latest posts, that shows the latest IEG posts. You can actually go to the website on your phone, on your laptop, click those posts on the website to read through the posts, to watch the lives on the website, which is really cool. Uh, so you guys should definitely check out the website. You can follow us on Instagram. If you're listening to this on podcast, you can follow us on podcast as well. You, you know, you can go through any podcast you have, Google, uh, iTunes, you can find us on any major podcasting platform. So we've just recently started that just a few weeks ago. So all these programs that we're doing will be saved on podcast after the fact. Of course, we'll also be saving it on our Instagram page as well. You can check us out on Facebook. So you guys can check us out on a lot of places, Facebook, um, uh, Instagram, um, as well as, um, what is it? It's giving my mind right now. Um, also, wow, it's escaped my mind. Um, the last one, I'll, I'll remember later. But you guys can follow us on all those different platforms as well. So we will be starting soon, just waiting for more people to join. Telegram, that's what it is, I was forgetting Telegram. So you guys can follow us on Telegram as well. And usually what also happens at the end of these is that I upload the document I use with all my uh, current events and everything the verses I reference, I upload that on Telegram. So if you aren't following us on Telegram yet, definitely follow us on Telegram. I'll have my notes uploaded there after the fact. So with that started, I'm just gonna pray and we can start off. So Father, we thank you uh, again that we're able to gather tonight here. We're able to gather um, and get into your word, get into what your word says concerning these last days. And we also thank you that we're also able to look at these current events and see how it's lined up to what your word says, Lord, that you have illuminated this understanding, this truth to us. So we know where we are uh, at this time period, Lord. We're not just left to our own devices. We're not confused, but we actually know what your word says. We know what to expect because you've detailed that to us. Uh, so we ask, Lord, as we go through this news tonight, uh, may it ultimately point to the gospel, may it ultimately point to Christ, may it ultimately encourage us in these last days despite the confusion despite the chaos uh, despite the fear some of us may face we ask they use this to encourage us to prepare us for what's to come and to uh equip us also to share the gospel with others uh, around us in jesus name i pray amen so again guys for those just joining uh, brother stefan is currently at a place where he's having difficulty with his internet connection so we'll see if he's able to join us later tonight but if not I have a lot of stories to go over, so we'll cover those stories, why they're perfectly significant. And as usual, guys, if you guys have any questions, Bible prophecy-related questions, biblical questions in general, uh, feel free to drop that down as I'm going over these articles, and I'll be answering them as we move along. Uh, so that's, I'm just going to get started here. Um, so the first news 
piece that I saw that was really interesting um, was from Israel 365 News. So the headline reads, Hamas meets with Iran, calls on all Muslim Arab countries to unite in war against Israel. So what does that sound like? To me, when I saw that, it had Ezekiel 38 vibes all over it. Because essentially what Ezekiel 38 goes over is that all of these nations, uh, these world powers like Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, all these nations will go against Israel one day. And now we have this headline that Hamas meets with Israel, calls on all Muslim Arab countries to unite in war against Israel. So I'm just going to read this quick. And why I also want to bring this up is that, again, this is from Israel 365 News. Uh, if you guys don't know, that's a Jewish news source. And, and why I specify that and why we also want to be cautious about what they write is that, yeah, they're Jewish. Yeah, they look at the Bible, specifically the Old Testament. Um, yeah, they talk about Bible prophecy sometimes. But you also have to consider that they look at Bible prophecy differently than how we Christians look at Bible prophecy. So always, you always see posts on the website that, oh, you know, the Messiah is right around the corner and this and that. And these signs are are hailing the coming Messiah. And when we as Christians know that the Messiah already came and left, he's in heaven. They don't believe it's Jesus. So who they're saying is the Messiah will be ultimately the Antichrist. So you have to make sure that when we're reading the articles, they're talking about the Messiah is coming, they're talking about prophecy. You have to understand that they're looking at it from a Jewish lens, not a not really a Christian, uh, proper, holistic uh, understanding that we look at it. So with that, I'm just going to go ahead and read this article. Uh, Iranian Foreign Minister Hussein Amir Abdullahini uh, met with Hamas chief Ismail uh, Haniyeh in Doha on Tuesday. According to a report published in Iran's Mirror News Agency, the Foreign Minister said Tehran condemns uh, and this is the, the false propaganda they have, the quote, child-killing Israeli regime that the West supports. Uh, Haniyeh thanked Iran for its support for the Palestinians and called for a united front of Islamic, Arab, and other countries against Israel. So that's the key in this article. They're calling for a united Muslim front against Israel. This type of call, and this is what the article, Israel 365 News article now says uh, in reference to this. This type of call is eerily similar to that of Israel's War of Independence when all Arab armies unite to destroy the newly reborn nation of Israel. Now, this is what they say prophetically. They said it also mirrors Ezekiel's prophecy, whereby the 70 nations will unite in a final war against Israel. And they reference Ezekiel 38.2, which says, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land in Magog, the prince of Rosh, Mesech, and Tubal, and prophesy against him. And then the rest of the verses goes over essentially that evasion against Israel. Um, so again, when I saw this article, didn't even read it yet, saw the headline, it took me to Ezekiel 38. Again, interesting enough, uh, the writer of this article on this Jewish news site, again, Israel 365 News, also thought of Ezekiel 38. But again, because this is a Jewish source, source they think of it differently than how we would interpret it. But again, I still think this is perfectly relevant because we've been seeing an increased call um, by Muslims like Hamas. Uh, last year in May, if you guys remember, the skirmish, if we want to call it, between Hamas and Israel, uh, Hamas sent over over 3,000 rockets. Hamas sent over 3,000 rockets against Israel. Sorry for the poor connection. Um, and then when that happened, Turkey's president, Erdogan, called for a Muslim coalition against Israel to protect the Palestinians. Um, so why is this important? This is important because we're seeing an increasing call to form a Muslim coalition against Israel. 
And we shouldn't be surprised. That's what the Bible talks about. So very interesting news there concerning the setup for Ezekiel 38 and, and a future kind of war front against Israel. So next one here, again from Israel 365 News. Turkish scholar warns, don't fall for Erdogan's recent gestures towards Jews, Israel. So I'm going to read this article, just some pieces of this article first and talk about why I think this is important. Uh, the, article says in a virtual, the article says in a virtual discussion held by Endowments for Middle East Truth, Turkish scholar and former politician Aykan Erdemir said Jews should be wary of Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan's outreach efforts towards Jews in Israel. With Arab countries now making economic agreements in Israel, Turkey finds itself isolated in the region and losing export markets. So that's just a little bit I'm going to read. The article is very long. But essentially, this article, again, the headline is Turkish scholar warns don't fall for Erdogan's towards Jews Israel. Uh, sorry, guys, this keeps cutting out now and then. So sorry if I keep stopping. Every time it cuts, I'm going to stop myself, make sure it gets back and then repeat what I just said. Um, I don't know why it's cutting out. Poor connection on my part, so sorry about that, but we'll just manage it. So again, why this article is very important is because it highlights two things. One, it highlights that Turkey right now, again, the president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, is trying to play nice with Israel. So I just talked about last May, right, with what happened between Hamas and uh, Israel. He literally called for a coalition against Israel, and the article notes that. The article notes that every time he tries to play nice with Israel, soon enough, he calls them out. He's like, oh, you Israel, you guys uh, eat babies and you kill children and things like that. And he says all these anti-Semitic things. Uh, so that's why this Turkish scholar, this person is like, hey, don't fall for what Erdogan is doing. He's just trying to play nice. The reason why they believe he's trying to be play buddy-buddy with Israel is that last part I just read with you guys. It says with Arab countries now making economic agreements with Israel, that's through Abraham Accords, we'll get into that later, Turkey finds itself isolated in the region and losing export markets. So right now, due to the Abrahamic Accords, many Muslim nations are trying to um, be in economic ties with Israel, trying to be friendlier with Israel for economic gain because it will benefit them. Well, Turkey isn't really in that bubble of nations who are benefiting economically. In fact, if you guys have been following anything going on with Turkey, their economy right now is literally in the trash, unfortunately. Um, the president, I don't like him. He's very anti-Semitic, but we shouldn't be against the people, just like Iran, right? So the Iranian regime, Iranian regime, uh, they're very much against Israel. We know they want to wipe them off the map, but the Iranian people actually love Israel. They don't like the regime at all. So we have to keep that in mind, that the Turkish people are actually suffering under this regime um, uh, due to the sanctions and everything, right? And why this is important right now with the condition of Turkey, because they're trying to play buddy-buddy with Israel, hopefully to try to get an edge, to try to get into the in crowd so they can reap the economic benefits, is because they're in a dire condition right now. They need these economic benefits, so they're trying to befriend Israel. Why does that matter? Because Turkey is one of the nations that will eventually go against Israel in Ezekiel 38. And we see that these nations that go against Israel in Ezekiel 38 go against Israel for a spoil, for economic benefit, for material wealth, for material gain. So it's very interesting right now that, again, we start off talking, saying that Hamas and Muslim nations are calling for a joint Muslim coalition against Israel. 
We're seeing Turkey, who also has called for something like that in the past. Now they're in definite economic straits, and they're trying to play buddy-buddy to try to get an edge economically. So where we see this in Ezekiel 38, concerning these nations going for Israel against the spoil, Ezekiel 38 uh, verses 10 to 13. I'll read that quick just to highlight that for you guys. So it says here, Ezekiel 38 verses 10 to 13, Thus says the Lord God, on that day shall come to pass that thoughts will rise in your mind, and you'll make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against the land of all unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls. And that safely part we'll come back to later when we talk about the Abrahamic Accords. And having neither bars nor gates. Verse 12, to take plunder and to take booty, that's material possession from Israel, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited, and against the people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods. Again, material possession. Who dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba and Dedan, that's uh, Saudi Arabia. The merchant of Tarshish and all their young lions will say to you, Have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty? To carry away silver and gold? To take away livestock and goods? To take great plunder? So again, it's interesting. In Ezekiel 38, it notes to us that these nations go against Israel for economic gain. For material wealth. And we see from what Ezekiel 30 tells us, Turkey is one of those nations. Well, would you have it know? Coincidentally, right? What a coincidence. Turkey right now is suffering economically, trying to reach out with Israel to gain economic wealth, uh, which I don't think is going to happen, right? Because again, this article is already um, some pointing out that someone's trying to call Erdogan out that, hey, don't believe him. He's trying to play nice now, but in like a month's time, he's going to, you know, stab me in the back again. Don't believe him. So it seems like they're trying to shut Turkey out. And eventually what may happen is that Turkey, failing economically, really, you know, reeling back and forth due to the sanctions and everything, bad economy, they may, once they're shut out of these agreements, shut out from economic wealth with Israel, they may decide one day, hey, you know what? We're not playing nice anymore. I'm just going to uh, go buddy-buddy with Russia, with Iran, and just take what I want from Israel by force. So that may be what happens. We don't know. But again, just very interesting to see this set up right now. Uh, next article here, again, just in line with the Middle East, concerned the Abraham Accords. Uh, the Times of Israel posted this article on the 11th. The U.S. lawmakers launched bipartisan caucus to promote Abraham Accords. So something I highlighted in 2021 last year to you guys, you remember, um, we saw the Abraham Accords basically get promoted, get advanced by the um, current Biden administration and others like Jared Kushner. So the point 2021 was we were making last year was, hey, don't forget about the Abraham Accords. Just because Trump, who started this Accords, isn't in office anymore, doesn't mean it's dead. The effects of it are still, you know, living long after the Trump administration. The Biden administration Funny enough, actually likes these accords. They actually want to promote it. They want it to stay. They want it to grow. Um, so this article says a bipartisan group of United States lawmakers from the House and Senate launched the Abraham Accords Congressional Caucus on Monday. Why? Seeking to expand the American legislative branch's role in the promotion of the normalization agreements Israel has signed with Arab neighbors. So again, these are just new efforts to expand the Abraham Accords, to uh, continue to dr this driving force for the Abraham Accords. CBN News also highlighted this. They had a quote here. They said, in just one year, 
the Abraham Accords have already transformed the Middle East by contributing to regional peace and stability. Hang on to that because I'm going to use that and go back to Ezekiel 38. Promoting so peace and stability. Promoting U.S. interest and enhancing Israel's security. Security. Hang on to that word again as well. Um, the Abraham Accords caucus will build on that success by providing bipartisan leadership to strengthen existing partnerships and widen the circle of peace to new countries. So earlier, with the previous article we talked about, with Erdogan, with the economic sanctions on his part, we highlighted in Ezekiel 38, these nations go to take plunder. We see that they want material gain from Israel. The Abraham Accords, coincidentally, coincidentally enough, people who talk about the Abraham Accords, people who analyze it from a geopolitical perspective, they're always saying one of two things. They're always saying, hey, this is going to bring, one, peace and security to the Middle East and Israel. Two, it's going to bring prosperity to Israel and the Middle East. So you've already highlighted the prosperity. The article here highlights the peace and security it's going to bring. That's important because Ezekiel talks about that. Ezekiel 38.11 says, You will say, I'll go up against the land of unwalled villages. I'll go to a peaceful people who dwell safely. You guys can read the rest of that. But the point is, why is the Abraham Accords significant? Because it's setting the stage. It's one of the things setting the stage for what has to be in place for Ezekiel 38. These nations are going against a peaceful Israel, dwelling safely, a prosperous Israel. It has to be prosperous because they want to take spoil, right? They want to take what Israel has. So it's very interesting to see this Abraham Accords get backed by the new Biden administration. Again, if you guys remember, when Biden came in, he like, he he redid, he just took away everything, all of Trump's wins, everything from the Trump administration. He used, uh, uh, he just signed it all away, right? If you guys remember that first few days in office, he just, his goal was to make sure that everything Trump did, he just revoked it. Except the Abraham Accords, how interesting is that, that everything else, he's like, I don't like it. But Abraham Accords, he's like, hold on, wait, we like this. Let's keep, not just keep it, let's make sure we set something in place to expand upon it. So I don't think that's by coincidence. I think the Abraham Accords is helping to set up the conditions of Ezekiel 38. And I think it's also going to set up conditions for uh, Daniel 9.27. If you guys remember, Daniel 9.27, the Antichrist confirms covenant for a week, for seven days. Um, that word there in Hebrew for confirm, it's not he makes something new, but he makes something that was already in place greater. So something was there already. So could the Abraham Accords be one of many uh, treaties or agreements that are there? That the Abraham, that the Antichrist just comes and says, hey, this is great. Let's keep it, but let's build upon it. Maybe, maybe not. But I think that it's something interesting uh, to keep our eyes on for sure. So next thing here is weather. So, I mean, uh, 2021, right? It was just a year of weather disaster after weather disaster. And I recently, if you guys saw, I recently posted an article just yesterday, and I posted a series of posts on Himitsu study concerning the top 10, what I believe to be the top 10 relevant, um, biblically prophetic, like news events, significant events, uh, categories, you can say, of 2021. Brother Stefan and I went over this as well uh, towards the end of December in our uh, prophecy update. And one of those things we talked about was natural disasters, weather. And we saw actually, and I highlighted this in the article, that it was said, I think the Times of Israel brought this up, I may not be certain about that, but it was said that 2021 saw 
the it was like 20 20 billion dollars more um in terms of costs by natural disasters um so us as well it went over the cost for natural disasters and you know uh different agencies people like not the who but uh, the un the un has also said that natural disasters are increasing in intensity and frequency studies have already been done as well that came out in 2021 saying that the natural disasters in the u.s is getting you know is growing in intensity and frequency since like the 1970s or 1960s or something like that and we shouldn't be surprised right because this is what jesus highlights to us in matthew 24 concerning the signs of the age um and ultimately i believe these signs will manifest itself be ultimately fulfilled within tribulation but we're seeing the shadows cast in our time right now which is the significant thing. So he talks about these signs. He says, starting in verse 6 in Matthew 24, And you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars, see that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation relies against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows, or as some translations render it, birth pangs. So with that in mind, there's another article here from CBS News. Uh, 2022 now we're just starting 2022 and this is this is the latest news in terms of weather in Australia so Australia reaches 123.26 degrees Fahrenheit matching its highest temperature on record so Australia recorded one of its hottest days on record with the coastal town reaching a temperature the nation had not seen since 1960 Onslow was 50.7 degrees Celsius which is 123 degrees Fahrenheit on Thursday a temperature that was last recorded in South Australia's outback on January 2nd, 1960. Uh, they said since Australia is in the Southern Hemisphere, it's summer's opposite the Northern Hemisphere, which is something I didn't even know. So summer's from December 1st and ends February 28th. I wish we had that in Minnesota. We freeze during that period of time in Minnesota, uh, which is why Australia is experiencing hot temperatures now, but they said something important. They said still, more than 123 degrees Fahrenheit is extremely hot. I mean, obviously, <laughs> 123 degrees Fahrenheit is hot anywhere. But the point is that Australia reached this temperature first time since 1960. So they're seeing above average temperatures. Uh, the Guardian last year posted that July of 2021 was the hottest month on record in the world since records for temperatures has been uh, kept. So that's crazy. We've saw, we saw um, record temperatures in the U.S. as well last year, record droughts, um, record water issues. So this just keeps growing every year. It's every year we're seeing, oh, biblical, you know, this is increasing my biblical proportions or, oh, this is apocalyptic. This is crazy. And this is, you know, this is increased this and this and that. Um, so I, 2022, we're going to see the same exact thing. They're going to be saying that, wow, this breaks the records of 2021. If the Lord tarries in 2023, it's going to break records in 2022 and so on. But the point being that this is what Jesus has talked about. The secular world is only catching up. Uh, they're openly admitting now that this is increasing truly in intensity and frequency. Uh, before, like, you know, five years ago, when people, brothers and sisters in Christ, people analyzing weather, earthquakes, if they would analyze data by meteorologists, websites and things like that, and they would say, hey, these things are kind of increasing in intensity and frequency. If, you know, major news sources or actually credible government officials got wind of that, they'd be like, oh no, you know, 
that's it's just normal. <laughs> the earthquakes are normal. The the hurricanes are normal. They're not increasing intensity and frequency. So it's very interesting to see them take a different approach and now say, okay, they are, but it's man-made. And obviously we have a different view of that. That these are just the the signs that times we're living in. So with that being said, the next area is in technology. There's a lot going on in technology, as usual. Um, right here from the Washington Post, they have they have an article titled "Surveillance Will Follow Us Into the Metaverse and Our Bodies Could Be Its New Data Source." So last year we presented to you guys the metaverse, talked about it. Uh, you know, I clearly told you guys that, hey, don't forget about the metaverse. It's not something that's gonna go away quickly. It's gonna be continually talked about. And that's what we're seeing. Um, it's gonna be a continued point of discussion. For those who don't know what the metaverse is, it's basically just a fancy term for uh, virtual reality where you can basically, where basically what these tech companies wanna do, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, they wanna merge our actual reality with digital reality, with the virtual world, to the point where it's undistinguishable. We can't tell which is what. Um, they want to do that through VR headsets, so they're working on that right now. They want you to be able to sit in your couch in your living room, put on your VR headset, get into the meta world, metaverse with your avatar, and go visit a friend in you know Hong Kong or whatever, and then watch a concert together. That's kind of their vision. Uh, for it, but that kind of vision is like decades, decades away, if at all. We don't know if they're actually going to succeed with their plans. If they do, the potential for deception, the potential for tracking and everything will be off the charts, uh, which is something that, again, if, if they get their way, this could definitely be a technology that would have crazy impacts uh, down the line in the tribulation specifically. But this article here from the Washington Post kind of talks about this a little bit. Again, the headline is surveillance will follow us into the metaverse and our bodies could be its new data source. Uh, so Aaron McDonald, CEO of Environments, an interior design turned software company, building so-called immersive workspaces or experiences in virtual reality said, I think there will be a merging of our physical and online personas. So I, I noted that a little bit there earlier, describing the metaverse, that what they ultimately want to do is take the physical, literal reality we're living in right now and take the digital reality, merge it together so we can't even tell the difference, um, which to me is, is crazy. But again, this is what they want to do. Whether they succeed or not, or rather whether God lets them succeed or goes with that plan, um, you know, time will tell, but we'll see. That line or the article says, uh, but virtual reality headsets can collect more data about us than traditional screens, which gives companies more opportunities to take and share that data for profiling and advertising. They could also give employers more ways to monitor our behavior and even our our minds. There's little stopping the government from getting its hands on body-related data from VR tech, and there's little in place to protect us and our kids from unrestricted data gathering and psychological manipulation. So again, I hope you guys are seeing why we're talking about this, why this is significant, because it has big ramifications concerning control on the human population if they get their way. Last year, I think November or December, uh, some people have already been, you know, outcrying, pouring out outcry about this, that, hey, uh, this is going to, you know, data surveillance issues and privacy concerns. So a lot of what she's at when we've talked about before, uh, but an example they gave is, okay, just think that, you know, 10 years down the line, they're, they've done the metaverse 
and they're you to access the metaverse it's just like kind of vr glasses you just put it on you walk down the street to the glo to your local grocery store and then they basically say that what could happen is whatever company facebook um google whatever could essentially reality block things so the term is reality block what could happen is that once you put on the vr glasses go to your actual real world to walk around and interact with people they could alter your reality and perception so if there's a building to your right they could make it disappear you won't even see it they can make someone pop in like a vr person who looks like an actual person pop in to sell you something to advertise something to you they're calling this reality blocking so that's kind of a scenario they're painting here so this metaverse technology in terms of what they want to do with it, it's really crazy. I'm, I'm still, I still struggle with wrapping my mind around like, how is that even possible? Like, you know, and then something I kind of joke about personally for myself is that technology is getting so advanced that I just kind of joke sometimes. I'm like, this is witchcraft. <laughs> and, and maybe it is. Maybe, you know, I, with some things I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, I'm sure you guys already know this as well. There's been some technology in the past with like Nazis and, and uh, some of the uh, rocket technology and things like that. And it's been said that, you know, uh, the Nazi regime, some of the Nazis were very occult in their thinking, where they got information from. Um, allegedly, some of them in their manuscripts and things like that, you know, said they got information from spirits. So we shouldn't be surprised to learn that some technology that has been developed is demonic in origin. Um, you know, how much, how much that is prevalent society and our technology and everything that, that has to be, you know, we don't know, but it's just, it's just something to think about, you know, with how technology is advancing. A lot of it just seems like it shouldn't even be a thing. You know what I mean? So it's just crazy. Uh, but yeah. So the, the rest of this article says digital rights advocacy, advocacy group, electronic frontier foundation, extended reality safety initiative. Um, they said they're advising lawmakers on safety in VR, having raised the alarm on the privacy that threats big tech is posing with its vision for metaverse, not just for employees, but for people and their children at home. And obviously this also has implications in terms of transhumanism, because first it's going to start with, you know, the VR gloss goggles, but obviously there's the brain chips, there's the implants. So, you know, why just wear the technology? Ultimately, what they want to do is have the technology come inside of us. And that's part of the fourth industrial revolution, Klaus Schwab, the economic, the uh, economic forum and all that. So that's kind of their, their push. That's where things are going from just having our technology on our hands, like phones, having it with us to wearing our technology, to having it into us. And that ultimately feeds into the market beast and, and yada, 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 we can go on and on. Um, but more on the metaverse, uh, New York Post, metaverse clothing, travel, plastic surgery, experts predict life in 2030. They're saying in this article by 2030, and that's in eight years, a large proportion of people will be in the metaverse in some way. Some will simply use it only to fulfill work or educational obligations. Others will live the majority of their waking lives, quote unquote, jacked in. Um, so again, that is crazy. Uh, they said using a blend of physical and behavioral biometrics, emotion recognition, sentiment analysis, and personal data, the metaverse will be able to create a customized, enhanced reality for each person. So again, crazy stuff. There, uh, some people are predicting by 2030, just in eight years, most people could be in the metaverse. Not just 
in some of their hours of the day, but like all day, all day long, they're just in the metaverse. Um, so that's crazy. And it brings up, I'm sure a lot of us, it brings up the, the Matrix movie, right? Um, where people are essentially connected into this alternate reality, not real reality. They're dreaming. They don't even know it. You have to be told that, hey, this isn't reality. Reality is outside. You have to choose to be disconnected from it. So, you know, and a lot of people say, well, that's not, you know, what they're doing there isn't purely entertainment, but it's predictive programming. They're telling you what they want to do in advance. Um, so, you know, crazy, crazy stuff. Some of you guys left comments here. Uh, Ravshir said, unauthorized data collecting by the government in Canada is getting intense. It's getting intense everywhere, for sure. Um, Jeanette says, some of it definitely seems demonic. Yeah, <laughs> some of it I look at, I'm just like, that shouldn't even be possible. Like, it's crazy, the things we can do. But again, you have to wonder how much of it is human ingenuity and how much of it, some of it, have been figured out, developed by demonic inspiration. And I don't think that should be um, uh, crazy to question at all. Uh, so the next thing here, this one, this one is really crazy. Daily Star, robot that can read minds, allegedly, tested on humans with 96% accuracy in bombshell studies. So China is claiming they've created a robot AI device that can read your mind, human mind, 96% accuracy. So, you know, we'll have to take that with a grain of salt, but again, with the technology we have, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we have this already, right? So a futuristic mind-reading robot has been available in China, and scientists claim it is 96% accurate reading human brain waves. Scientists testing the brand new wearable technology found that volunteers could use a robot to make the human grab a tool without saying anything or making any physical gestures. The headgear uses a non-invasive brainwave detector and arm sensors in order to make commands which are sent to an attachment on the user's arm. Delighted researchers said the robot showed it was able to follow the commands almost instantly. And it is being claimed these collaborative robots or cobots can mark a technological breakthrough. The device which scans the user's brainwaves and muscle activity has been designed by the Intelligent Manufacturing Innovation Technology Center at China. Uh, so again, the technology we have, again, I wouldn't be surprised if it's true. I mean, Elon Musk, right? He's already said in 2020 he wants the plan to roll out his implantable brain chips. Uh, I think last week, or yeah, I think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago, I reported, we reported here on Picture Watchers, uh, that there was a man, another company who developed brain chips and he already was able to tweet out something using thoughts. So if you're able to tweet out something using thoughts, if technology can, you know, understand your brain waves and convert it, you know, conceptually, I'm just generalizing here or just minimizing this just to, just to make a simple argument. But if technology is able to take your brain waves, take your thoughts, convert it to words or whatever, and make a tweet out of it, why wouldn't technology be able to take that same thing, analyze your thoughts, take it back to um, the, the company or whatever so they can analyze your thoughts. Because if they can analyze your thoughts and from that create tweets, if you can, if you can use technology that can read your mind to call someone to do simple commands, of course they can then use those same thoughts and know what you're thinking. So, I mean, this is, this is really uh, insane in terms of where technology is going. And I think this is important because it speaks to uh, the totalitarian, na totalitarian nature 
uh, that we're headed to, the control that governments and people are trying to seek. Um, because Klaus Schwab, again, I mentioned the fourth industrial revolution earlier. He's predicting that, hey, the fourth industrial revolution will be a merger of man versus machine or man with machine. Um, biological reality will be fusing with technical reality or machines, transhumanism, essentially. And he's saying that, hey, you wouldn't be surprised if we get to the point where we can implant brain chips and we can, you know, analyze people's thoughts and things like this. But that's, just, that's where they want to go to. They want to analyze our thoughts, know what we're thinking, and then control us. And the problem, again, with the analyzing thoughts thing, if they can have technology that basically sends back data concerning our thoughts, obviously can't they send data into our minds to alter our thinking, to alter our minds, uh, to control us in such ways? So... That's the problem there. So it's leading to, I believe, a totalitarian future that the Bible clearly paints to us. Um, so just to go back to scripture quick, because I want to read this in light of scripture um, to see how the Bible paints to us this future bleak reality uh, where the world will just be controlled and by um, this Antichrist kingdom coming in the future. So Daniel 7 uh, speaks to this concerning the fourth beast, which ultimately be the Antichrist kingdom. So Daniel 7, 23 says, Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth. And in listen to the words here concerning the fourth kingdom, which shall be different from all other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. Shall, shall devour the whole earth, trample it, break into pieces. So when we speak of totalitarianism, when we speak of these kind of technologies, these, you know, elites trying to control humanity with these technologies, we shouldn't be surprised it's going this direction because the Bible paints to us this last day's kingdom will be, you know, commanding, will be controlling in this way, will be devouring the whole earth, trampling it down. Revelation 13 speaks to this as well concerning the control that the Antichrist, this Antichrist king will have over the whole earth. Um, Revelation 13, 7, it was granted to him, that's the Antichrist, to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, nation. We see this as well with the image of the beast and the mark of the beast. These technologies, these things that we put in place in the tribulation will impact everyone. Everyone will have to align themselves with this or uh, coalesce to this. They'll have to make sure that they're um, being part of the system or else they'll be shut out of it or killed. Revelation 13, uh, 14 to 17. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. That's the false prophet telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast. And many of us believe this image of the beast will be some type of AI robot who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and causes many who's not worshiped the image of the beast to be killed. So, I mean, you have to ask yourself, how is this image of the beast on a global scale going to know who is worshiping it and who isn't? Not only that, not only does it have to know who around the world is worshiping it in real time and who is not, it has to be able to send the command to kill those who aren't worshiping it around the world in real time. So, again, the level of control, the level of obedience, servitude, humanity is going to be under there at that time is, is insane. Um, so this technology shouldn't surprise us in terms of where we're headed with this technology. 
Uh, so next up, we're wrapping up here, um, but I want to just wrap up with what's going on concerning wars and rumors of wars. There's another big thing going on recently is Russia, Ukraine. Um, I, I don't even know. The things, the things that are going on there is just, it's really ramping up. And it's, it's very interesting what's going on now um, because we've been seeing for the past, I don't know, year plus, this has been going on between like standoff between Russia and Ukraine. It's like, it has a long history. But in terms of just recent news, recent history, um, we know that Russia has been, you know, stationing their troops on the Ukrainian border. Uh, they've been doing these military exercises. The Ukrainian president has been saying that, hey, Russia, you know, you can't be doing this. And uh, the U.S. trying to talk with them. And different nations are trying to talk with them. And Russia's like, hey, you know, they can't they can't be a part of NATO. And you have to make sure you don't give them any weapons or anything so that we can be safe and, and things like this. So it's just a back and forth. Uh, but on the 14th, CBS News reported Ukraine hit with a cyber attack, a tactic it expected to precede a full invasion by Russia. So you guys heard that right. A few days ago, Ukraine was hit with a cyber attack and they believe they were expecting this. They believe that before Russia fully invades Ukraine, it will be preceded by a cyber attack. So the Ukrainian government servers were hit by a massive cyber attack overnight that saw government websites taken down, including homepage of the foreign minister. Um, so which temporarily displayed, so this temporarily displayed a message warning Ukraine's people to be afraid and expect the worst. So that cyber attack posted that message, be afraid and expect the worst. Just hours before the latest digital sabotage, Ukraine's ambassador in Washington told CBS News that her country believed a cyber attack would precede any major military action by Vladimir Putin's forces. So that was the latest thing that happened, but it's not over yet. There's still a lot of stuff going on. The Sun, World War III fears over Russia's plot to justify Ukraine invasion as expert warns escalating tension, tensions may spark major conflict. So this article is about the fact that Russia now, they're building up their military um, assets in on the Ukrainian border. And what Ukraine and the US are saying, they're allegedly saying that Russia is planning to do is that they want to use some of their Russian assets on the Ukrainian border. They want to seem like they're doing a military practice run on the Ukrainian border, but then they want to have their Russian assets disguised as Ukrainians attack their own assets. And if they do that, they want to then say, hey, look at what Ukraine's doing to us. They're attacking us. So therefore justifying rolling into Ukraine and taking it over. Um, so it's basically a false flag operation that the U.S. and Ukraine are alleging that Russia is trying to do. So the article says concerns are mounting after a U.S. official reporter revealed how intelligence suggests Russia has pre-positioned a group of operatives to conduct a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine in an attempt to create a reason to evade. So again, they don't have a legitimate reason to invade Ukraine. Of course they don't. Ukraine, Ukraine is its own sovereign nation. Russia is saying no. Ukraine is a part of Russia. They want to take it back. So because they don't have a reason, they want to make a reason. So they want to create this false flag. They want to, they want to use their own Russian operatives to attack their own Russian military so that then they can blame their own attack that they set up themselves on Ukraine to justify invading Ukraine. Teres Kuzio 
An associate research fellow at Henry Jackson Society told the Sun U.S. that a major war may erupt and said the crisis is likely to escalate before it de-escalates. It comes as a U.S. official told CNN that intelligence teams found evidence that the operatives are trained in urban warfare and using explosives to carry out a disguised attack against Russia's own forces. That's the key here, right? Russia's playing a disguised attack on themselves so that they can point the finger at Ukraine and say, look at what Ukraine did, although he did it, and then go into Ukraine uh, to take it over. The claims are echoed by Ukraine's Ministry of Defense on Friday, saying Russian special forces are preparing provocations against their own forces in an attempt to frame Ukraine. So you guys can see that what's going on between Ukraine and Russia right now, it's at a boiling point, it's getting crazy. And this is just Russia and Ukraine. Don't forget, we still have China and Taiwan. Uh, I mean, Ta China last year, right? They're, they, oh, <laughs> it's just so crazy. They told Japan, I remember at a point in time, there's an article that came out, they told Japan, if you even get into this business, we will nuke you guys. They said, we will nuke you guys and it'll be worse than Hiroshima and Nagasaki. If you guys recall how uh, the US dropped those nuclear bombs on Japan, causing Japan to stop, to give up, to do a ceasefire. Essentially, China was saying that, hey, if you get between uh, us and Taiwan, we're gonna nuke you guys even worse than what happened with between you and the US. So just crazy, crazy language going on. Uh, very heated provocations back and forth. Um, people are saying as well over there that if China gets, if China actually goes on Taiwan, mainland Taiwan, or Taiwan rather, if they go inland and try to take it over, the U.S. will of course be forced to back up Taiwan. Australia too is backing up Taiwan. So people are scared or saying, speculating that, hey, if that happens, it'll be all at war. World War Three. they're saying the same thing for Russia and Ukraine. I want to come to an article, another article here, last article, and then I'll take this to why this is prophetically significant. RT, headline reads, U.S. must prepare for war with Russia, ex-Pentagon official claims. The U.S. must ready itself for war with Russia, a former Defense Department official has warned, saying that Washington could be obliged to step in militarily if Moscow decides to mount an invasion of Ukraine in the near future. Again, according to the articles you just read, we're seeing that this is at a boiling point. Ukraine is saying that, hey, that cyber attack they just did, they believe that that's going to preclude invasion. And Russia, again, they're trying to stage a false flight attack to justify going into an invasion. So is invasion going to happen soon? We don't know, right? This has been a topic of discussion, not just for months, but for years. Again, this is, this is a long history between Ukraine and Russia, uh, this whole conflict here. So we don't know what's going to happen. And again, we still have Taiwan and China, and we still have Iran and Israel. So what's the point of all this? Why should we care? I believe it's huge in terms of its significance because of what Jesus says, again, concerning the last days, the signs we'll see in Matthew 24. Uh, he specifically notes something, right, that we should see here. He says, Matthew 24, verse 6, and you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. So this time period leading up to Jesus' return. Again, I believe what he's speaking of here concerning the signs of times will ultimately be fulfilled in the tribulation, but we're already seeing shadows of that. So he says in verse 6, Matthew 24, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. <laughs> what are we hearing right now? Wars and rumors of wars. Oh, Russia's trying to go into Ukraine. It's going to spark World War III. 
Russia, I mean, uh, China is trying to go into Taiwan. It's going to spark World War Three. So we're seeing all these fears of World War Three. Oh, another war, nuclear war, nuclear disaster. Oh, invasion, this and that. Um, just like you just said. But despite that, we're not supposed to be scared or afraid about this, right? Because Jesus continues. He says, and you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Why? For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So I kind of want to end off on that note. All these things, guys, these rumors of wars uh, and wars, these wars and rumors of wars, sorry, the technology here that's uh, kind of queuing us to a totalitarian system that'll be put in place in terms of the Antichrist system, um, the weather and everything, very crazy. Um, but the point is that, hey, with all this stuff going on, Jesus is saying here, see that you're not troubled. These things have to happen. They have to happen. It's perfectly significant, but it's not the end yet. It's not the end. There's still more that has to occur. This is simply stage setting for for the uh, end of the age. Uh, I said the last article, but uh, I guess I missed one, actually. Another article here that I think will be of great interest to you guys. This is actually the last article. Um concerning wristbands in Germany that vaccinated Germans are wearing to be able to shop in Germany. <laughs> so, I mean, what does that sound like, right? So Euro Weekly, the headline says, wristbands for vaccinated Germans to enter shops in Berlin. As the industry calls for retail shopping in Berlin to become easier under the city's newly enforced 2G restrictions. I don't know what the 2G refers to, but that's what they're calling it. They're being told the answer lies in ribbons, or they're calling it wristbands. The so-called ribbon regulation will provide wristbands for vaccinated Germans so that they don't need to repeatedly show their vaccination status. Oh, how useful that is, right? We don't need to show vaccination status, so we got these wristbands for you guys. We got a physical identifier for you. It makes things so much easier. That's great. Um, obviously, being sarcastic, that's not great because we see where this is going. The wristbands can be used for those who have recovered from the virus as well. The businesses would have to clearly regulate the exact framework conditions for this among themselves. And the first shopping centers have already applied the scheme. So this was, uh, this article is back in December 12th for context. They were using this getting ready for Christmas, but regardless of the time period, the point here we're focusing on is the general thought process, right? Many trade associations in Germany had requested the introduction of such ribbons. Let me repeat that again, so for you guys to understand what's being said here. Many trade associations in Germany had requested the introduction of such ribbons. Now they could become widespread soon. Germany's famous Christmas markets have already started using the system to ease the workload on stallholders and stewards. Oh. Not only is the system amazing because we can see who has the vaccine. It's great for the vaccinated because you don't always have to pull out your card, your phone to show us. We just have to, you know, flash your wrist. You're vaccinated. Cool. Get in. Not only that, it also helps our workers. It leaves the process. It leaves their strain. So I hope you guys can see the justification they're putting on this. And if you read these articles, by the way, and again, I'll send this whole uh, document in our Telegram page but they're justifying it. They're saying it's a great thing. And people are all, they're on board for it. But again, why does this matter? Because of the mark of the beast that's gonna be put in place in the tribulation, Revelation 16, 17, this is not the mark of the beast, but the idea, the system, the mindset is here. 
that you not only need to be jabbed, but now we need to see a physical identification of some sort on you to know that you're jabbed. If you have that physical identification, then you can shop. If you don't, you can't shop. That's literally Revelation 13, 16, right? Obviously the context is different, but the mindset's there. The framework is there. The for Revelation 13, 16, seven through 17, if you don't have the mark of the beast, you cannot buy or sell. That's that physical identification. It's either on your forehead or your right hand. You can, they can see that you have it, you're in the system. If you don't have it, you're not in the system. Same thing here. You have the wristband, you have the ribbon, cool. You can go in, you can buy and sell, literally buy and sell, you can shop. If not, you can't go in. So we're seeing the mindset here. Uh, I mean, Sweden, we talked about the microchips, right? They're putting their vaccination status on their microchips. Um, we know about the quantum dot tattoos that they want to use for vaccination. That will be right on your hand. Uh, Russia last year teamed up with a food service to do QR codes, to put QR codes for their vaccination status. They can just walk in a restaurant, scan the QR code on their arm, you're good. So we see the mindset everywhere, different types of technology. We don't know what the mark of the beast is going to be. But the point is the mindset is here and that's what's important again. But again, though, I want to bring back to Matthew 24, six, uh, Jesus in reference to wars and rumors of wars, but we can take this as a whole for prophecy. He says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not here. So all these things just went over tonight, guys, they have to happen. <laughs> Bible prophecy, Jesus, the Bible tells us what has to happen. These things are setting up the stage, but Jesus tells us not to worry. It has to happen. For us believers, it only points to our soon redemption, that we are out of here soon. We're not going to face the tribulation. We're not going to face the mark of the beast. We're not going to have to deal with this totalitarian system that will likely be used with technology. Um, but we'll have front row seats in heaven. We'll be celebrating with the Lord. Um, and that's what we can look into, look forward to, rather. We don't have to be scared of all this stuff. But if you're watching this or if you're listening to this on podcast and you are not a believer yet, I will implore you to definitely put your faith in Jesus today. Um, he died for your sins. It tells us here and Paul tells us in, um, let me go to the scripture, the first Corinthians, first Corinthians, I believe 15. Yeah. First Corinthians 15, the gospel. And I want to do this quick before I run out of time. Uh, verses 1 through 4. So Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So that's the gospel. We need the gospel because we're sinful. We are born to this word as sinners. Uh, we are born separated from the Lord. And because of that, we're going to be punished. The Bible clearly says in Romans 3, 23, for all of sin and falls short of the glory of God, God who is holy and just must punish sin. And that punishment will take form that when we die, it's death. So when we die, we go to hell and ultimately the lake of fire. But thankfully, God is love. So in his love, he sent his son to take on God's wrath in our place. So if we put our trust in that saving work of Jesus on the cross, that sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, we'll be saved. We'll have eternal life. And that is what we're trying to point unbelievers to tonight. Um, 
so that's a great message. So if you put your faith in Jesus Christ uh, tonight or whenever you listen to this, you have eternal life and even better, you won't go through this terrible period, the tribulation that we're talking about. So I hope that you consider the gospel message, consider the claims of the Bible, the claims of Christ. And for us believers, again, all this news only talks about the joy that we have to experience. We want to experience all this craziness. Uh, this only, all this stuff only tells us, it only screams to us, hey, Jesus is coming back. It's near. The church is almost out of here. That's what, that's the message we get out of this. But for unbelievers, again, this news is a red flag. It's a warning by God for you to stop right now, believe on Jesus so you won't go through this time period. So I thank you all for watching us tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Brother Stefan wasn't able to join just due to, due to internet connections. But we'll be on tomorrow for apologetics. We'll be kind of diving back into the base of apologetics and we'll be talking about how we can believe that the Bible is reliable, just focusing on the reliability of the Bible. Uh, so with that being said, have a great night, guys. Again, you can watch us on After the Fact. We'll have this episode saved on IG and you can also catch us on podcasts as well. So have a great night, guys. See you tomorrow.